Well, it's very encouraging to see an absence of winter jackets and heavy jackets and a, and a presence of, of uh, windbreakers and golf shirts and button-up shirts and uh, the, the, the Easter colors out. It's very nice. And it's very appropriate as well. We are in the season of Easter and we're continuing the great joy of Easter Sunday in the octave, the final day of the octave. And today is also uh, known as Divine Mercy Sunday. Divine Mercy is uh, a devotion that was given really to, to all the worlds, but uh, given uh, through uh, Sister Faustina, a saint from the early 20th century, uh, just before World War II, this uh, religious sister received revelations from Christ concerning uh, concerning the end of the world and concerning uh, God's judgment on the end of the world, but in particular, how before the end, really in our in our time period, in an unprecedented way, God is being merciful to mankind, and He's pouring out graces of mercy in a manner that uh, the world hasn't seen before. And uh, St. John Paul II instituted this day really at the behest of Christ himself, speaking through Sister Faustina. He instituted this day as a special day dedicated to Christ's divine mercy. And uh, there's a lot that surrounds this devotion, really kind of too much to get into, but today I'd like to speak about, just to uh, draw your attention to one line from a prayer in the Divine Mercy Chaplet, and also just to let everybody know that at St. Hyacinth's, uh, right now as we speak, adoration is taking place, um, and it will take place until 3 o'clock. At 3 o'clock, which, which is known as the Hour of Mercy, 3 o'clock, Father Leoy will be heading up uh, devotions to the Divine Mercy. Today we can gain a plenary indulgence if we fulfill the three uh, standards uh, conditions for plenary indulgence. That is confession, communion, and a prayer for the Holy Father's intentions. And then when we do the prescribed work. So in this case, for Divine Mercy, the prescribed work would be fulfilled by attending these devotions at 3 o'clock. Uh, or, if that can't be done, one can say the Our Father, the Creed, and a prayer to Christ under the title of Divine Mercy. And... Uh, but part of the, the chapel for Divine Mercy, there's a prayer, and I think maybe a lot of you know this, they've heard of it at least maybe before. And the prayer goes as follows. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. Now, on first glance, this prayer should strike us as, first of all, if it's true, I mean, if this is what we're really doing, a very powerful thing, but also it would, it would raise some questions. I mean, on the surface of things, you might say to yourself, well, it's almost as if, you know, this almost seems a little presumptuous, meaning I, it's like I own the body and blood of Jesus and I have the right to offer it to God the Father. How does that work? And then, didn't Jesus already offer his own uh, person to God the Father and the sacrifice of the cross 2,000 years ago? And so how am I offering it right now? Well, what do we mean by this prayer? I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. And I think today's readings uh, promise to give us an indication as to what 
we mean? What is the meaning of this, this prayer? Draw your attention to our gospel text. Very simply, uh, there's this one aspect I'll draw your attention to. In that, when the apostles go and they talk to Thomas, who wasn't present on Easter Sunday, when they say that the Lord is risen and Thomas says, you know, I, I don't believe it unless I, and he gives these specific things, I'm going to have to put my finger in the nail marks, I'm going to have to put my hand in the side. And so this is a private conversation that's taking place between Thomas and the rest of the apostles. Well, the second week, the second Sunday after Easter Sunday, today, when Christ appears to the apostles again and Thomas is present with them, he speaks to Thomas the exact words that Thomas used in that private conversation with the other apostles. How did, how did Christ know that? Well, I mean, this might be obvious to us and we might take it for granted. Of course, Christ is all-knowing. He's omniscient. He has all knowledge. He has divine knowledge. He is man, but he's also God. And so there's nothing that escapes his knowledge. Okay, let's go to uh, our second reading. Our second reading is from 1 John, and there's a line in it that says, talks about Christ, the Son of God, is he who came not by water only, but by water and blood. Now, I, think, I believe it was before Advent, I gave a homily on this precise line, and the primary reference of this line, he who came not by water only, but by water and blood, really is a reference to Christ's baptism in the River Jordan, and then also his, his bloody passion on the cross. And so Christ came not just through the uh, water baptism, but also through that passion. That's the primary reference. But it has a secondary meaning as well. And that secondary meaning draws our thoughts and our minds to the event that's recorded in uh, John chapter 19, in which the soldier, and we're all familiar with this scene, the soldier pierces Christ's side with the lance and outflow blood and water. He who came not by water only, but by water and blood. The two streams flow forth from our Lord's side. And we see that in the icon of the Divine Mercy. We have a, we have a rendition of it over there in the corner. You can see the two light beams. The, wa- the water and the blood are, uh, are depicted in the Divine Mercy image as light beams. A red light beam and a white light beam emanating forth from the Lord. Now, if we were to imagine these two streams of grace, these two streams of the sacraments of baptism and the Eucharist, as rivers of God's mercy, and we were to, so to speak, kind of get on these rivers and ride them upstream to their head, to their source, we would enter into the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we would find ourselves in the center of his sacred heart. We would find ourselves in the center of his sacred heart. Because it is from his heart that this divine mercy, both divine and human at the same time, emanates and flows forth to the whole world and to each one of us individually. Christ's love for God and his love for humankind that brought him to the cross and empowered him to undergo his passion was a love that was focused not just on human beings in general, but on each one of us individually. And so in the center of his sacred heart, we would find 
all of the world, but we would find each one of ourselves individually. Remember what we learned from our gospel text. Christ is all-knowing. He's omniscient. When our Lord went to the cross, he foresaw each one of our lives individually. And he died for each one of us individually. St. Paul says in Galatians, he speaks of Christ who loved me and gave his life for me. And Christ thought of me, David Tedeschi. He had me individually in his sacred heart. And he was dying for me. And he was dying for you, each one of you, individually. He had each one of us. And more than that, not only did he have his, our individual lives in his sacred heart when he died on the cross, but he had every moment, every moment of our individual lives present in his sacred heart. And therefore, we can conclude that throughout the entire course of our lives, at any moment, Christ is then present to us in the fullness of the riches of his love and his atoning sacrifice are present to us. He gives them to us. He gives the infinite treasury of his merits and his graces to us at every moment of our life. And so at any moment we can draw upon that treasure chest as if it were our own. And with a holy boldness we can offer that wealth, that infinite wealth of love and of mercy to the Father for the sake of all mankind and for our sakes as well. And so we can truly say in the prayer of the Divine Mercy, Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world.